to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain. I'm a media personality, blogger, and digital influencer. My radio career required many cross-country relocations from my hometown of New Orleans to Baltimore, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, and now back to New Orleans. I've had to start over and reinvent myself many times, which has made for interesting experiences, opportunities, and of course, some obstacles. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get somewhere. My hope is that the stories that I share along with my guests inspire, encourage, and incite you to live your best and most authentic personal and professional lives while encouraging self-love and self-care. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Now let's get into the show. So one of the topics that we are going to discuss today is one that my girlfriends and I discuss all the time, Dr. Holek, a big Mm -hmm. issue, I think, for so many of us, and that is setting boundaries with the ones we love, especially those family members. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Dr. Pia Holek is a psychotherapist at Resilience Psychological Services in Chicago, Illinois. She specializes in working with minority populations in the areas of sex therapy, relationship concerns, family of origin concerns, and trauma. Dr. Holek has worked with individuals, couples, and families presenting with a variety of clinical concerns, including anxiety, depression, mood disorders, personality disorders, psychosis, PTSD, complex trauma, and addictions. I'm so happy to have Dr. Holek on the show today. Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Generally speaking, what would you say is your stance on setting boundaries with family and loved ones? You're not alone, obviously, in thinking that it's difficult to do this. I think it's really important, and we have to identify what is becoming a barrier to setting boundaries with family, right? And one of the main reasons is because oftentimes our family might say, well, you need to do this or that because you're family. And they might, mm-hmm. you know, begin to have you on this guilt trip that you're supposed yes. to be obligated to do certain things, right? Like a lot of times I hear, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is going to throw it in my face what they did for me in the past. A lot mm-hmm. of patients might say, parents are to bring up, oh, I used to change your diapers. And it's like, yeah. okay, how did we get here, right? Like that was, you know, X amount of years ago. I'm trying to talk to you about how, you know, I, you're violating my personal space, right? Exactly. So, exactly, right? So then the next thing you know, we're beginning to feel drained. We're engaging in things that we didn't even consent to because we have that big feeling of guilt on our backs. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think comes up too is that oftentimes we feel like we're not being heard or validated by our family or our loved ones when we throw out a boundary that we would like to have in place, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and people get confused when I say validated sometimes, right? You know, Mm -hmm. we all want to be understood. We want to be heard. We want to feel as though our emotions and our needs are important. And then we get into this, you know, back and forth with our loved ones not validating what we're saying is important to us because they're confused, confusing validation with, approving and mm-hmm. not understanding that, okay, well, you have to accept that this is my truth and this is my reality. This is a boundary that I want to have in place, right? Mm-hmm. So then they be, might become defensive or angry. They might start calling you controlling or selfish 
right? Next right. You know, you might feel like you're being talked to like a child or talked down to. And then mm-hmm. you might like back into a corner like, oh, well, crap, like I'm going to lose this relationship. I'm going to, you know, sever ties. So there's going to be this big drama. Or, you know, a lot of people might say, well, if I try to set boundaries with my mom, she's going to call her sisters and then they're going to start yelling at me. And then so and so and so and so and yeah. a whole big, a whole Domino big effect. issue. Exactly. Exactly. So then you back down, you keep, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. And like, you might start to feel like, well, I've dug myself so deep into a hole, you know, it's too late for me to try to establish boundaries. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think comes up a lot is people start to feel like they're being taken advantage of with their family, right? There's a lot of financial obligations where it's like, oh, they know I make X amount of money, so they're always hitting me up for when so-and-so runs out of money or they want me to mm-hmm. pay for this or pay for that, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, being taken advantage of emotionally, physically, um, feeling like you're, they're taking in consideration of your time. All of these different factors come into place, and a lot of times it just becomes the norm for your family. Each family has their own culture, right? And it becomes the norm that these things are going to occur, and we just get stuck in our ways, and then we're fearful or apprehensive or anxious about how to set boundaries. Yes. And so that's what I want you to help us with today is how to identify that boundaries are not being respected with family. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think that for people, a lot of times it is felt, you know, in some families, it's kind of like, oh, well, that's just how your brother is or that's just how your mm-hmm. mom is. And so it's this expectation that they can kind of just go rogue and do whatever it is that they want to do. And you're supposed to take it because mm-hmm. of that title and that expected relationship. How Mm -hmm. do we identify like, okay, yeah, this is not okay. Because I think when, especially in a family dynamic, what you Mm -hmm. have experienced for so many years, and if that's what your aunt is co-signing and that's what grandma is co-signing or dad, Mm -hmm. then it's normalized Mm -hmm. and we don't even realize okay, these are boundaries being crossed here. Absolutely. And so I think first it comes with self-awareness. Right. You have to be in tune with how you're feeling when grandma, mom, whoever says something or does something. You have to check in with yourself and say, oh, wait a minute. That makes me feel controlled. That makes me feel powerless. That makes me feel sad. That makes me feel angry. So then you can begin to take a toll for yourself of the things that are bothersome to you. And you're Mm -hmm. right. If, If you can't rely on other family members to sort of commiserate with you, that's when we're going to rely on our support systems, whoever that might be. Maybe you have a a well-regulated friend who, you know, doesn't have these issues in their family, right? And you might Mm -hmm. be able to bounce some ideas off of him or her, right? This might mean reading some self-help books. This might mean going to your therapist and bouncing these ideas off of someone else to allow you to be able to say, this is not okay. I don't have to tolerate this. Go against those generational curses, as I call them. Just because we've been doing this in this family for 60 years doesn't make it okay. And what's the the next step after we realize, okay, this doesn't feel okay. I've checked in with some of my regulated friends and they don't have this kind of drama going on in their family. Now, how Mm -hmm. do I go about implementing this boundary with mom or with whomever who obviously has a history of doing these types of things. And that's 
kind of ingrained in who they are and what has been set as the precedence of how we engage. So part of that self-awareness after you've checked in is you need to really clearly identify it and be able to articulate it for yourself. So what that means, writing a list for yourself. What do you want your boundaries to be? You know, it's not enough to just say, I want this boundary in place. What does that look like? Does that mean, okay, I need greater privacy? You know, I need to be talked to with respect. Okay, well, what does it look like to be talked to with respect? Maybe that means for you not using abusive language, you know, not speaking over me, validating me, whatever it might be, really identifying those for yourself. And Mm -hmm. then being confident about them as well, not wavering on them, learning that it's okay to have those needs in place. Because oftentimes when you, the next step of going to tell this person about the boundary, they might be on the defense, right? They might be angry. They're going to, you know, maybe call you out your name, tell you Mm -hmm. controlling or selfish or, you know. Mm -hmm. Or too sensitive or too sensitive. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they're breaking and yes, how could you do this to me? I'm your mother. Write these things. Mm-hmm. So learning mm-hmm. how to regulate your emotions and remaining calm. Every action doesn't require a reaction. Mm-hmm. So when they're having their moment, allowing yourself to just kind of be quiet, let them have their moment and then stay your course. And it's mm-hmm. going to be easier to stay your course because you've already outlined it for yourself. So when mm-hmm. they start to ask you questions, you'll be able to say, well, this is why I need this boundary in place. This is what mm-hmm. the boundary is going to do for both of us. And, you know, I think it's also important to allow yourself to be vulnerable and lead with the vulnerability. What I mean by that is being able to articulate to your loved one, hey, when you do this, it makes me feel sad. I feel powerless. You know, I don't like feeling that way. And putting yourself out there first to sort of soften them. And if you realize after those conversations that the behavior is repeated, things like that, or if the person says something like, this is who I am, I, I'm not going to change, or, you know, this is just how I talk, or this is how I engage with people. And if this is someone that you still want to maintain a relationship with, in spite of mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. do you have any tools or tips for maintaining relationships with people who don't respect boundaries in general? Or is it a situation of having to create that distance? Because I know a lot of friends, it's like they have to live in a totally different city in order to mm-hmm. be on good terms with their their family members. You bring up a really good point in that sometimes it does require the distance because you might get someone who's not going to back down. However, mm-hmm. it's like you said, it's someone who you want to maintain that relationship with that means you're going to have to redefine the relationship. You know, maybe we can't have mm-hmm. a dinner together. Maybe we can only talk with each other for five minutes on the phone. Maybe we can only mm-hmm. visit in, a, in a, a common public space where we can have an easy out. Or maybe we can't mm-hmm. do one-on-ones anymore because you've identified, I can only tolerate so much time with this person before they start disrespecting my boundaries. And perhaps that might mean having a conversation with this person of, hey, I want to maintain our relationship but I can't do it in the way that is going to be disrespectful to me. So when I begin to notice you violating the boundaries that I've asked for, I'm going to have to remove myself from the situation. And then mm-hmm. understanding that, that, you know, their feelings might be hurt. And that's okay because yeah. they're entitled to their truth and their opinion, but you also are entitled to yours as well. Mm-hmm. Now, would you recommend in these types of cases counseling together? Do you you think that would benefit those types of relationships? Yes, I think 
think absolutely. And and also, I think that not just a family therapy or a couple therapy, whatever it might be, but your own individual therapy. Because sometimes mm-hmm. people want to put boundaries in place that aren't healthy. Part mm-hmm. of the step one was identifying, you know, what boundaries you want to have in place and your reasonings behind them. So really feeling good about yourself and your own counseling, therapy, talking to your pastor, whatever it might be. And then mm-hmm. also coming together in the family therapy, couple therapy session, whatever, you know, modality is useful so that you can have a third party present unbiased party present to help you guys learn how to effectively communicate and help you guys compromise on boundaries because there, mm-hmm. there can be soft limits and hard limits to boundaries. And those soft limits are the ones where, okay, well, I, I'll see where the other person is coming from and where we can work together to establish boundaries that's going to work for the both of us versus the hard limits of, no, it's not okay to speak to me in this language and having that third party validate that concern and work together to figure out, well, how can we restrain what this person is saying so that the message is being delivered? And since you mentioned it, can you give us an example of what an unhealthy boundary might be? Yes, absolutely. So, for example, if you want to establish a boundary that says, well, we can only talk when I call you. That's the only way that I want to communicate. Well, okay. Is that being fair to the other person? Because that kind of sounds like you want to have control over the situation. Now, we're talking about instances where where there isn't abuse in place, but if you're trying to establish a boundary that is only self-serving to yourself without taking into consideration the other person, if the other person is reasonable, right? Well, that is very, very, very helpful. I hope that people listening can get some direction for how to approach some of these difficult relationships in their lives at this point, because I think that it's it's tough when we love someone, we care about them, we want them in our lives, but not to the detriment of our own mental health and sanity. So I think that um, those tips are very, very, very helpful. Thank you so much for your time and insight. If someone wants to get in touch with you, how can they do it? Thank you. Thank you. You can find me on resiliencechicago.com. You can email me at Dr. Dr. Pia Hollis. That's P-I-A-H-O-L-E-C at resiliencechicago.com. That's R-E. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Talk to you soon.